Josette Perez is a cross-industry excellence and innovation executive leader and advisor with extensive experience in a variety of industries. In this episode, Josette clearly defines the traits and skills of a collaborative leader. I'm so glad you're here to listen to this one. It's one you don't want to miss. It's packed with research and experience-based guidance. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Josette, even though you are technically retired, we see you traveling the globe, shifting perspectives and building skills with leaders to enable collaborative leadership. What is it about collaborative leadership? Why is this your passion? Hey, good morning, Amy. Great to be here with you. Listen, um, I retired and I decided and I learned there are only two stages in our lives. We're either growing or we're dying. I don't know where retirement fits. So I chose growth. So, um, you know, I have been very fortunate to have found early in my life and in my career something that I am passionate about, something that I am pretty good at, and something that creates value for others. And uh, I have been able to live on the intersection of those three circles. And uh, that's really my purpose. So for me, this is about living my purpose, what I, you know, the gift that I found in my life that I can play on that can create value for others. Um, And there are a number of things in that center. And collaborative leadership, for sure, is one of the key aspects of it. And uh, we'll we'll get deeper into the topic of collaborative leadership. But uh, the gist of it is about how can we create and articulate a compelling common purpose that gets others excited about it, but then that's not enough. How do we get them on board and collaborating effectively towards that common purpose over the long run, over the execution time, because that's the real challenge. So collaborative leadership is something that's not very well understood in academia, certainly not well understood in most industries, uh, but I owe it to uh, great mentors in my career who uh, highlighted the importance of it early on, and then I have seen the practical impact of it. So, Josiah, you've already told us that one of the key ingredients for collaborative leadership is to have that compelling purpose that we are collectively working towards. That Absolutely. seems like ingredient number one. Absolutely. You know, if you do not have a clear purpose, um, it's hard to, to collaborate effectively, you know, because uh, there are a lot of myths about collaboration. One of them being that, hey, we just need to get along and, you know, have a good time together. Listen, we can do those things and often not really achieve anything, not really, uh, you know, move towards a greater purpose together. 
So if you do not have a clear purpose, you're going to be, you may be aimless uh, in, in your collaboration efforts. So I think uh, uh, I know that great collaborative leadership requires that understand that clear purpose and then requires that you have an understanding of that clear purpose, but you also are able to communicate and articulate that clear purpose in a way that gets others excited about it and the others see value in pursuing that purpose with you. Um, but again, that's just the beginning of this journey. There's a lot that needs to happen, you know, as you start going down that road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but already, like, it seems so obvious as you and I are sitting here talking about it. But Josette, how many times do I see teams, leadership groups uh, trying to accomplish something and they're not really clear on what that something is? That's right. And, and listen, uh, Amy, I think it is important that the that the listeners um, understand the context for this discussion. Um, this is not some theoretical conversation about the topics that I wrote a book about a book about or I interview a bunch of people and they told me this is important. As a matter of fact, everything that we're going to be discussing here today is practical insights from working with more than 50,000 cross-industry leaders of excellence, innovation, and transformation for the past three decades. And uh, through master training uh, and leadership development sessions that were very intense to really understand, and then working with them on executing thousands of uh, projects for their organizations that create significant value, financial and social value. This is where these lessons come from. And specifically the lesson of collaborative leadership, I have to say this, it happened in the in the mid 1990s for me. So, you know, go back a long time ago. And uh, you um, and what we had is that, you know, I started my career at Sony as a technology developer. And then there was an opportunity to join a startup in California that, uh, that was trying to change the world. And this company is called Symer ASML, uh, likely the most technologically innovative company in the world, it's still to this day. Wow. And what they do is to create these incredibly sophisticated light bulbs, okay, to wow. image circuits for semiconductor manufacturing. Now, this light bulb back then was a million dollars each. Today, this machine is worth $300 million. So it's wow. the most expensive light bulb in the world. <laughs> and, and these people, they make science fiction into science fact. And, wow. it's, and it's like, it's nothing like you have ever seen in terms of technology development, in terms of innovation that is incredibly complex. They are driving Moore's Law which is the ability to double the number of circuits on a semiconductor wafer every 18 months or so. And they have been doing this continuously until the 1990s, mid-1990s, when the technology that we had back then called mercury arc lamps reached its limits. And we said, hey, we're at the limits of physics here. We cannot make these things any smaller. And then impossible is only impossible from a certain perspective, from the perspective that you currently do things. So there comes this new company, you know, Symer, based in California, startup and say, hey, you know what? We are, we think it's, we're gonna make it work. And the people laughed at them and said, oh, you're not even from the semiconductor industry. You're never gonna be able to do this. You know, you're wasting our time. Uh, but they hire the best Exmer laser technologists, researchers, scientists from all over the world. And we put these people in a building in California and I was part of that startup team. And then for a couple of years, we couldn't get anywhere because wow. we had the smartest people in the world on those technologies in the same room. 
But do you know what happens when you have the smartest people in the same room? They spend all their time trying to prove to everybody else that they're the smartest person in the room. And we could not make progress. Okay. And our CEO, Bob Akins at that time, he said that, listen, if we're not able to collaborate to bring this to market, we are we're not going to be successful. The enemies are not out there, are not in here in this room. The you know our challenge is out there. So how can we go, you know, become the number one um, startup in the semiconductor industry for semiconductor lithography, which is the imaging of of chips? And that that was I owe to Bob Aikens, Rick Sandstrom, the CEOs and the the chief. Uh, technical officer of that company, to have that insight, if you will. And then we went to academia and we asked, hey, tell us more about collaboration. We went to the best thinking groups in the world and we asked them, tell us about collaboration. And they all told us this very academic-driven view of collaboration, which was wonderful, um, but we did not know how to implement, how to translate those principles into actions, into collaborative actions, so we went all we went we had to go back to basics we had to define what collaborative leadership meant then we had to understand what it meant for our contacts and create methods and techniques to implement it and this was done in the mid 1990s so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a of a of a teaser here to start yeah. the definition of collaborative leadership is really the ability to articulate and pursue a compelling common purpose yeah. That creates value for others. This is very important. Not for you. That creates value for others while surrounding yourself with people of diverse perspectives who can disagree with you without fear of retaliation. That's that's a full one. Okay, I'll say it again. Uh-huh. The ability to articulate and pursue a compelling common purpose that creates value for others while surrounding yourself with people of diverse perspectives who are willing to voice who, who are willing to voice those different perspectives who can disagree with you without fear uh-huh. of retaliation so that that was the that was the the, the beginning of this journey about uh collabor- effective collaboration towards a common purpose and uh and this concept of surround yourself with the people of diverse perspectives who are willing to disagree with you without fear of retaliation. Yeah. You know, listen, to to a topic that I know you're very fond of, Amy, this is about mm-hmm. courage. Yeah. It, it, not most leaders won't do this because mm-hmm. it, it's you're vulnerable, um you're open yourself up to to tough challenges from your team and mm-hmm. uh, and then we we had to we had to 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 develop ourselves, develop our leaders and ourselves on this concepts of collaborative leadership. And then I'm going to go, I can go a little bit deeper later on and contrast what collaborative leadership looks like compared to the most prevalent style of leadership that we have today, which is not collaborative leadership. Yeah. It's transactional leadership. We have transactional leadership throughout and transactional leadership is, is, is kind of the opposite of collaborative leadership. And and so we, we can talk a little bit further on that. Jose, your passion comes through so clearly. <laughs> and uh, I know listeners are ready to hear more. I want to tell everybody more about you. My guest today is Josette Pires. He serves as an excellence 
an innovation executive leader and advisor for companies ranging from startups to Fortune 50 companies, where he oversees the global identification, prioritization, and execution of high-value business improvements and innovations for the companies, business partners, and customers in multiple markets. Josette has held excellence and in innovation leadership positions in leading global companies in the electronics, Sony, we already heard about that. Semiconductor, food, energy, water, telecommunications infrastructure, and oil and gas industries. Josette is an advisory board leader and keynote speaker for organizations and global conferences on innovation, operation excellence, leadership development, strategy, execution, culture, business and digital transformation, customer engagement, exponential technologies, and growth acceleration. He's an, ex he's an executive Lean Sig Six Sigma Master Black Belt who holds a Bachelor in Engineering in Physics from the University of Kansas and a Master in Business Administration focused in Investment Banking and Entrepreneurship from the University of San Diego. So very impressive and varied background. Josette, so glad that you are here. Let's talk about this contrast between collaborative leadership and transactional leadership. Take us there next, will you? All right. Well, there's a lot to digest here. So yeah. uh, first of all, you know, I said collaborative leadership and transactional leadership is kind of like the opposites. That's not technically true. The reality is that is that transactional collaborative leadership transcends transactional leadership. It's a little bit like thinking of management and leadership, you know, the concepts, you know, okay. uh, it's hard to have a great leader who doesn't have basic managerial skills. Okay. So leadership tends to be transcend managerial capabilities. Um, and the collaborative leadership transcends transactional leadership capabilities, because the reality is that to be the greatest collaborative leader, you must have transactional leadership capabilities as well. So, but it goes beyond that. And uh, and I'll, I'll do, there are lots of things to compare and contrast, but just to, I'll, I'll mention a few of them to get us started here. Right. But um, but keep that in mind, okay? That uh, most, this is very important. <laughs> you go to your leader and start talking about collaborative leadership concepts, uh, approach with caution, okay? Because you're basically right. telling them, hey, Rick, there's a new level that you need to get to. And Rick may not be ready for that, so be aware of it. So let's contrast that. So, um, and I'm, I'm going to play, you know, to make a, to contrast, you have to kind of push extremes, right? So certainly I'm going to exaggerate some of the points so that you understand the differences. Uh, under, uh, know that this is more of a spectrum, that transactional leadership, um, if as you evolve as a transactional leader, you may stop there. Or if you continue to evolve, you may come into collaborative leadership, all right? Rem look at this as a spectrum. So I'm going to contrast the kind of the right side of uh, collaborative leadership with the left side of transactional leadership, which will probably be a bit unfair because not all transactional leaders are all that to the left side on their scale. All right, very well. Uh, transactional leaders, you what, what they do, they build empire empires for power, money, prestige, and titles. That's, you know, they're proud of that. They, they, they get things done and they build these big things. What collaborative, leader, collaborative leaders do? They build cultures. They build cultures of collaboration, mm -hmm. cultures of excellence, cultures of innovation and value creation. 
Mm-hmm. All right, transactional leaders. How do they how do they move people? They 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 don't like to admit this, but they coerce. They coerce with fear, with power, with money, with promotions, and that's how they move people. While collaborative leaders, they will empower people. They will empower them with trust. They will empower them with autonomy, with mastery, mm-hmm. and with a clear purpose. So again, coercion with fear, power, money, promotions, empowerment with trust, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. I'll do one more and then I'll pause. Transactional leaders are very big into creating followers. They they are the big leader and they like to be recognized and appreciated as such. And, you know, follow me, I'll show you the way. Mm-hmm. While collaborative leaders, they are not interested in followers at all. They are interested in developing other leaders because they see that as a mechanism to multiply their leadership faster. So, you know, you can grow one at a time or you can multiply by developing people who have collaborative leadership skills. So they will focus on that aspect of of development. Now, they all have their, they're not all super altruistic people on both sides. One sounds better than the other, but they, they have reasons why they're doing this. And uh, and the reasons that they want to achieve this purpose, especially the collaborative leader, remember, they want to achieve that common, compelling purpose that creates value for others. So that's why they are, once they have that in the starting gate, they these other sets of behaviors are easier to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love this. I'm mapping this back to your definition of a compelling purpose. Josette, and it makes great sense, right? Your collaborative leader needs to be focused on the the culture, the empowerment, the ways that we are doing things, um, because that is how you connect with folks and make sure that the compelling purpose um, motivates and is um is well positioned to each audience so that they're bought in. It's how the ways that you're operating, how are you getting those diverse perspectives in there, right? How are you setting up the culture so it feels safe for people to share their ideas and go out on the skinny branches and name new ideas without being afraid of retaliation or being told that, uh, um, you know, hey, that's never going to work or getting shot down right away. Yeah, so much of that has to do with the culture and how we operate. Amy, well captured, because without that component, you know, these behaviors wouldn't even make sense. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and there lies a challenge. People talk about, you know, purpose and becomes kind of this, this, um, esoteric thing like this yeah. uh this this abstract thing purpose yeah. is actually very concrete um but again transactional leaders they lose track of their purpose uh they're yeah. human beings they get into this mechanical piece and uh and they they lose track of why they why the organization exists and yeah. uh and the purpose that it fulfills beyond some mission statement that was written 20 years ago that nobody really believes in it has yeah. to be viscerally connected with the people in the organization. They, it has to be authentic. Uh, it, other other traits of um, of collaborative leaders that uh, in creating the common compelling purpose. That's that's very important. 
Yeah, Josette, you you say that, and I, I see it all the time, how easy it is for leaders to just get into that swirl of busyness, that doing, and losing track of what am I what am I doing here? That part about it creates values, value for others. Yes. And, um, you know, I talk about it as a leadership legacy, that every one of us has a purpose for our leadership. We're continually creating and leaving behind our leadership legacy and tying this to the idea of a collaborative leader, that collaborative leaders are in, in inspiring that leadership legacy in everyone. Beautiful. In so fact, we talked about be. that developing leaders and multiplying your leadership. The way you do that is to identify in your organization who are those emerging and even some senior leaders who have hope that they can change, but a lot wow. of emerging leaders and some senior leaders that can amplify the values related to your purpose. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, what you're doing, you are accelerating the building of a culture that's aligned with that purpose. And so identifying those individuals in the organizations who will amplify the core values of the organization align with that purpose that, that you want to have. So again, this sounds a little bit like, oh, it sounds like in some organizational psychology type of thing. M part of it, but this is very concrete. Trust me, these are very specific mechanisms to identify, prioritize, and, uh, and execute what you should work on that creates value associated with that purpose. And as you're doing that, you're developing collaborative leaders. And in fact, this is how we develop collaborative leaders. It's it's a it's a full contact sport. It's not something that, oh, we talk to people about, you know, follow the purpose of the organization and your purpose. Uh-uh. We have to translate these principles into actions that create value for the organization. So we need the mechanisms to translate this principle. So we have a very clear discipline approach to identify, prioritize, and execute what's going to create the most value in the shortest time and simplest means align with that purpose. Align with that purpose. And, it, and we teach those potential collaborative leaders, if you will, we, we identify them, we teach them collaborative leadership skills, we teach them innovation execution skills, which is a, which is a topic for a future conversation. Uh -huh. And we teach them that. And then we tell them, now you have to identify, prioritize, and execute on what creates the most value in the shortest time and simplest means related to the purpose that we have here. And there is a disciplined approach to vetting those ideas and those potential projects, if you will, that you're going to be working on. And you're serving two purposes. One, you're doing projects that create value for the organization associated with the purpose of the organization. It has to do with strategy execution or value creation. The second one, you are training this potential collaborative leaders. And I say potential collaborative leaders because they're not collaborative leaders yet. The only way that collaborative leaders are revealed are through the test of innovation execution. Not by putting them on a training room for five days and teaching them all the wonders about collaborative leadership and how they can do this thing. I mean, that's interesting and you should do that as preparation. But ultimately, it's the test of innovation execution and the results that they get that's going to reveal the true collaborative leaders among us. The ones who are effective collaborative leaders. And again, what, what do they have to do to be effective? You know, develop a common compelling purpose that creates value for others. Uh -huh. While surrounding themselves with people with different perspectives who are willing to voice those different perspectives without fear of retaliation. That's about creating an environment, 
an environment where great people and great ideas can connect and bingo. That is how the, the most innovative organizations in the world separate themselves from the rest. It's not one or two things. They do thousands of things that are that create massive value for the organization aligned with their purpose. You know, in an organization like, you know, in Denver, which is a good old oil and gas company, you think like these guys are like old school, you know, how can they be doing innovation? One of the most innovative organizations in the world. They identify, prioritize, and implement more than 2,000 innovations annually. These are implemented with, 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 by the way, with financial benefits validated and audited over $1 billion in IBADA, which is earnings, not, yes. not revenue or, or earnings, over a yes. billion dollars in earnings from this company that you think that has no competitive advantage on anything. Refining of oil and gas products has been done the same way for the last six decades. So yeah. you think, how can they innovate? Well, they do. They have a meritocracy of ideas with clear execution mechanisms. They train emerging leaders on collaborative leadership, innovation, execution. But then they don't say, oh, yes, wonderful. You got training. You're now collaborative leaders. No, you're not. You're collaborative leaders once you identify, prioritize, and execute what creates the most value in the shortest time and simplest means. You don't have to be perfect. You have to learn collaborative leadership skills. You have to surround yourself with the right people, different perspectives, and then guide them, not guide them, lead them into this value creation and strategy execution journey. So it's super exciting, but it's not easy, okay? It's not easy. Um, yeah, because yeah. there are people who go into this journey and they realize, you know what? I love learning this stuff, but I'm not good doing it. Mm. Uh, and and that's a, a that's a realization that people have. And then say, hey, fair. That's fair. Um, you you can only and then you can find out how I can get better at this. But yeah. by all means, this is this is not you know a freebie that oh you become you get trained on collaborative leadership and you're gonna do great on everything else. You may find out that there are shortcomings. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, you know, I ultimately think at the end of the day, it's about playing to our strengths. But Josette, I know when you do collaborative leadership training with folks, uh, they're with you for a full week. They're thinking about how to identify, prioritize, and begin to implement a specific project. And then their journey continues for months and months beyond that. And I want our listeners who are team leaders out there uh, to be able to take some practical nuggets from this conversation. And I certainly feel like you have given us many already, right? Make sure that your team is on the same page about your purpose. What are you trying to accomplish? Define how that creates value for your internal customers, for your external customers. I'm also hearing, look at how you operate. Is there a diversity of voice and perspective there? Invite people from other departments to your meetings. I mean, start there so you can get some folks that were trained in different disciplines uh, to come and give their perspective. How do you make it safe for people to share ideas and make mistakes? Right. Think about how you and others on your team are reacting when there's whoops, uh, that didn't quite go the way that we expected. How do we handle that? Right. Do we handle that in a forward focus? That was great. We failed fast. Fantastic. What's the next idea? You know, just really thinking about how do you translate these concepts that you've already shared with us in our day to day? 
What, what would what, you, what would you what add? A great that? translation. Okay. I love that. Those are very specific. Absolutely. Everything that you just said, Amy, check, 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 check. Uh, these are very specific uh, items that anyone who's listening here can go and implement. I mean, we're, I mean, listen, I'm going to push you, the audience a little bit further here and then right. stretch their capabilities and thinking about this collaborative leadership concepts. But let me retrench for a moment and say there are two things that your emerging and senior leaders struggle with. Okay? okay. Two things that they struggle yeah. with that I want you to be aware of as you, as you, as you engage them onto, onto this collaborative leadership journey for strategy execution, for value creation, for innovation, as you, the two things that they struggle with yeah. and they need more of yeah. are courage okay. and discipline. Okay. Now, courage, because what's mm -hmm. in it for them? Why should they do this? You know, most of them are, remember, they are, most of the successful ones are transactional leaders and everybody else is looking at the transactional leaders and how they got there. And they're trying to emulate their behaviors to get there as well in the future. So they are valuing collabor not collaborative leadership. They're valuing transactional leadership because it's about me. It's not about this creating greater value for people. And it's unfortunate that people look at it that way because they, they're playing the small game. Because if they realize that if they create disproportional value for others, they're going to get rewarded disproportionately. But it's a hard habit to break, okay? To think that I have to play this safe here. Now, We've remember socialized. what We've been socialized for the transactional. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember this. The opposite of courage is conformity. Mm. So we are going to conform to certain standards that we have seen because those are like more likely to get me to be where uh where I want to be. So so think about your own purpose, think about what what is that drives you and do you have the courage to be a collaborative leader? Do you have the courage to do some of these other things that I'm going to talk about here and it will become more clear soon. Uh the next component that's uh, very important is you know listen People confuse courage with bravado, all right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stand up front. I'm going to do this and that. As a matter of fact, collaborative leadership is not about standing up front. It's actually standing behind and along with people. And that requires vulnerability. You're going to get, listen, you're going to get, you. if you're a great collaborative leader, you get all the flack and none of the credit, okay? <laughs> so, so your birth certificate is proof of guilt. You're wrong about everything. Just, 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 just take that. That, that's, that's a good start for a collaborative leader. You're not it to be recognized and to be put on a pedestal. No, you are in it to serve a team, who is, which is going to do some amazing things for this organization. And the people may not even know that you exist. All right. So keep that in mind. Take that a little bit. So it requires discipline. Now, what is discipline? People have it wrong. Sometimes people look at me and say, oh, Jose, oh, come on, man. You have all this discipline stuff to figure out because you are a certified Link Six Sigma master black belt. I was like, oh, really, Joe? For most people, that sounds like a dangerous mental condition. That does not help them. <laughs> so listen, that's not where discipline comes from. Any, 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 any. Most people can follow a regimented set of rules. By all means, having learning some discipline approaches can help you, but that's what discipline is. Discipline is consistency with purpose. Nice. So remember this. Discipline is not following a regimented set of rules. Discipline uh -huh. is consistency with purpose. 
Great collaborative leaders are highly disciplined. Transactional leaders are not. Why great collaborative leaders are highly disciplined? Because to be consistent with a purpose, you need to understand what the purpose is to start with. So what is your purpose as an individual? How do you align your purpose as an individual with the purpose of the work that you do? Think about that. What is that alignment? Once you find out what is your individual purpose and the purpose of the organization, the work that you do and find that alignment, discipline is being chronically consistent with that purpose. Your decision-making was, this is not easy to find, but it makes your decision-making so easy and clear because your decision is guidance. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're aligned with your purpose, you say yes. If it's not aligned with your purpose, you say no. But Jose, I'm going to make you the president of this division. I'm going to double your salary. Thank you, Rick, but it's not aligned with my purpose. I'm going to say no. What? You're going to bypass a $200,000 salary, base salary? Yeah. That is but you're going to be making $200,000 less. A transactional leader would never do that, by the way. Never do that. They'll say, yes, I'll go do that. I'll show it to them that I can do that next thing you want me to be. A good collaborative leader, collaborative leader is highly self-aware, very clear on their purpose and how the purpose aligns with the work that they do. This is, you need to stop and think about this. People are definitely afraid of finding what they're meant to do Mm. and committing to the order of pursuing that with excellence. That is discipline, chronically, chronic consistency with your purpose. So remember this, okay, as you think about, okay, your purpose is not some esoteric thing that my purpose is to be on a beach in Cancun, okay? But your purpose is how do you serve the world? The intersection of what you are passionate about, great at, and creates value for others. That intersection is most likely to be where your mission or purpose is. Now, that's not enough. Once you discover what that is, you need to commit to the art of pursuing that with excellence, written by Abraham Maslow. And that, ladies and gentlemen, pursuing that with excellence, chronic consistency with that purpose is discipline. Uh, So courage and discipline are two things that we need to assess about ourselves and then implement in our professional lives and in our personal lives. If you want to be great at something, otherwise, you're just going to be moved around in the river of life and you're going to end up in places that you don't like. Yeah. And Josette, I'm I'm thinking, um, live your purpose, folks. Because then you will have the kind of energy that Josette is demonstrating for us right now. I mean, every time I talk to you, I feel your energy. I feel your passion. You're lighting up from within because you're living your purpose. And studies show if we have every member on our team intentionally leveraging their strengths, 27% increase in productivity. Absolutely. We're talking about collaborative leadership is the ultimate level for for living your purpose and creating this proportional value for everyone. But it's hard to do because we have been conditioned to follow transactional leadership models. All right. So I want to contrast just a couple of a few more things here real quick. Transactional leaders, they see people as asset or resources. They see people as assets or resources. Be very careful about that. The language becomes kind of HR language. Our people are our most important assets. No, they are not, Bill. They are not because when you le- when the, the, when we had a crisis, you left all these assets on the field and our people were the first to go. 
So it's not co consistent with the message that our people are most important assets. Collaborative leaders do not treat people as assets because the moment you do that, you're treating them like they're poker chips and uh, they're transacted back and forth. And this is how most organizations look at people. That's the reality. Collaborative leaders, they see people as humans with intrinsic value, nice. period. Mm -hmm. They're not all equal, by the way. What separates them is the ability to amplify the values of the organization related to the purpose of the organization. The more important you are is depends on how you amplify the values of the organization to fulfill its purpose, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's why you create a system to find out who are the people in our organization, a meritocracy of ideas with clear execution mechanisms to find the collaborative leaders among us who will amplify the right values for our organization. That's why we create that system. So the people in that system that create this proportional value for collaborative leadership, those are the ones, okay? But yeah. everybody has value and they're humans mm -hmm. and we give opportunity to everyone and we let the meritocracy of ideas with clear execution mechanisms separates the top performers one from the rest okay all right transactional leaders they also they struggle with uncertainty and ambiguity oh yeah while collaborative leaders and these are skill sets and they're very practical things you need to develop okay collaborative leader, leaders understand and master what i call the and worlds the end worlds is the world of greatness is not an or world. The world of greatness oh, is an end world yeah. with forces that pull in very different directions. And transactional mm -hmm. leaders will spend hours and days and months debating option A and B, where option A is 52%, option B is 48%, and they will want more data to make a decision. Collaborative leaders understand that the best solutions are neither option A nor option B. It's the intelligent blending of A and B. So they see the forces that pull in different directions and yeah. they are not overwhelmed by that. They realize that greatness lies with the, with the intelligent blending of the two. So I call collaborative leaders masters of seemingly contradictions. They seem like contradictory. You, you catch myself saying that, you know, all the time. One day I'll come back here and just talk about how much I contradict myself. Okay. And you're like, <laughs> wow, this guy contradicts himself all the time. Yes. Because the world of greatness and what are the lessons I learned from these people sound like contradictions, but they're not. Next one, transactional leaders often say, maybe, or yes, but. They do that because they're crows. Crows need control. They need to be right. They need to be objective. And they need to win. Abbreviation, crow. Acronym in that case, because oh, it has phonetic okay. meaning. They, so they do that. Maybe, or yes, but. Collaborative leaders often will say, yes, and. This yeah. comes from improv. This comes from, from uh, the ability to build on ideas. It doesn't mean that you agree. For those of you who are control freaks and are afraid of saying yes, and, and the person's going to run with it saying that they think that I agree, you're not agreeing with an idea when you say yes, and. You are giving it time to grow. You're giving some space. You're suspending judgment momentarily, Okay. So yes, and is not agreement. It's just suspension of judgment. So yes, and is about building on the ideas of others because it's very easy to kill ideas. It's much harder and takes much more courage to build on ideas of others. Transactional leaders, they are served by big teams. It's that, that is equals to their power. They create these big teams. Collaborative leaders, they serve small teams. 
because mm. what they're looking for is impact and speed, not to build an empire. So they and they are servant leaders. They are serving those small teams so they have to have, they can have the greater impact at the greatest possible speed, create the most value in the shortest time, simplest means. Mm -hmm. Now, transactional leaders, oh, it's the team's fault when something happens. The collaborative leaders, we already talked about this. It's my fault. Even though you're a collaborative leader, you know, you have high accountability. You, you know, if it fails, it's your fault. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. if it succeeds, it's the team. So it's, it's yeah, you may say it's a thankless job. You don't need this thing. Thanks for them. What, what, does your, what does your reward come from? Your reward comes from fulfilling the purpose. Your reward comes from moving that team to fulfill a purpose, for that team to be energized and excited about what they're doing and, uh, and want to do more of that and more of that aligned with the purpose of the organization that creates profit for the organization at the same time but value creation or strategy execution. Transactional leaders, they want people to have confidence in them. And collaborative leaders want people to have confidence in themselves. Yes, uh, that's so much great uh, information, food for thought, practical guidance that you've given us. So uh, people leaders, invite those around you, you know, to this world of the win, win, win. Right. Have have yourself, have people on your team. Think about your purpose. Where are your strengths? Where are you and your interests and value creation come together? Start yes. talking about what that is for each individual and for the team collectively and then begin to implement uh, some of these techniques that Jose is talking about. I mean, I just think how transformational simply yes and could be for mm -hmm. a team. I mean, talk about creating that safe space where there is not fear of retaliation, right? Start to add in that meaningful appreciation and feedback, you know, letting them know about the impact that they're having. So grab, grab the nuggets that, uh, uh, that grabbed your attention today and begin your journey. To collaborate Absolutely. And Amy, I love the way you distilled this to very practical items that the that the listeners can can grab onto and, and go implement. Start small in scale. You know, I'm not saying that you need to be the executive vice president of anything here. Remember, this is this is that's the world of transactional leadership. The title is not what matters. You can influence others yeah. in your organization. You can start implementing this this some of this uh, um aspects of collaborative leadership that we talked about today in your day-to-day -day experiences at work, even at home, okay? Uh, you can start playing this uh, um, collaborative leadership style uh, more often. And uh, and I believe that if you test this, this some of these techniques and some of these concepts, you're going to realize that your relationships are going to become more uh, productive, more interesting, more uh, <clears throat> fulfilling, uh, over time. So it's, don't, don't trust me. I always tell people trust, but verify. So <laughs> go ahead and use it, use it, start using some of these concepts. None of this stuff is just theoretical. We never tried. We tried every one of them and that's why we use them. So use them for yourself. See how it works for you. I, I, you, you have to test and play with them and to see how it works for you. Thank you, Josette, so much for sharing so much of your expertise with us today. 
thank you for allowing me to play in the intersection of uh, where my purpose is. And uh, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to be here with you, with the audience. And uh, good luck. And, uh, you know, stay again chronically consistent with your purpose. Thank you, Josette. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.